Here's what they think about you. I'm not playing no more of these games. Here's what they think about you. We're not part of a team. Here's what they think about you. Because if you jumped in front of him right now when I was telling him to be proud to be black, that'd be like a first lesson in white privilege. Here's what they think about you. So I'm going to whoever's in power. Here's what they think about you. I'm not going there talking about minorities. Here's what they think about you. I'm not going there talking about people of color or diversity. Here's what they think about you. None of that stuff. I'm going there for black Americans. Here's what they think about you. Black Americans. Here's what they think about you. We can fix and start loving each other now. When I say we have no enemies. We don't have enemies. Black people have a tendency to focus and march when a white person kills a black person or wears a hat. But when it's 700 kids being killed in Chicago, it's okay. Here's what they think about you. Welcome listeners, this is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the 21st century and the millennial lifestyle. This week, we're talking about rappers and Republicans, basically. We're talking about like Killer Mike, Ice Cube, yeah, 50 Cent, Kanye. We're talking, we're talking about uh we're, we're talking about rappers who have diversified their bonds, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah, diversified their bonds. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Uh, <laughs> the late, I will say the latest rapper, this, like this is a breaking news thing. I don't know. Like the latest rapper, like going into this taping, I was reading about 50 and 50 was on Instagram, you know, as he is. And he was just, you know, writing captions about how he's going to vote for Trump specifically because of like, you know, tax plans and the Biden tax plan. He doesn't want to pay that much in taxes, you know. He's, you know, it's it, it was it's it's very, you know, y- y'all niggas aren't reading the fine print kind of uh, Instagram yeah. updates from Fifty yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Fifty has like a financial advisor, and I don't, and that's the difference between me and him, and that's why he's voting. He's voting for Trump. Um, <laughs> but no, but like Fifty. Is, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're actually we're gonna talk about like the sort of the classically woke sort of like how to maximize the value of Black people's votes. And like how certain rappers sort of cosmic brain their way to a certain kind of uh, contrarian politics. 50 Cent, I want to be clear because he's the most recent rapper to announce like his sort of, you know, in his case, support for Trump. Right. And also because he's your nemesis. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I brought 50 Cent up multiple times in this podcast as the center <laughs> of my theory about a lot of things being bad. In we culture. went left on, on the on the timeline. When 50 Cent was allowed to gain as much power as he has, <laughs> according to Justin Cherry. <laughs> yes, but but 50 Cent is sort of the most conventional example of a kind of rapper we're going to talk about in this episode. Just because I'm old enough to remember the 2004 election when 50 was out here like, yo, vote Bush. You know what I mean? Like 50 was like, fuck Al-Qaeda. I'm voting for Bush. Let's go. 50, 50 Cent had a video game. Like the second installment of his video game franchise, his G-Unit video game franchise, was Blood in the Sand. Blood in the Sand. literally go to, you know, in impact, an impact font, the Middle East, you know, to carry out contracts. One of which literally you get paid by like a diamond encrusted skull for carrying out a contract, which I think involves, you know, anti-tank missiles. And I mean, like, honestly, a lot of civilian casualties. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm if I'm remembering this correctly. No, you, that, that sounds about right. I never played Blood in the Sand. I will say, though, that like 50 been a Republican. Instead, this episode, we're kind of talking about rappers who 
I wouldn't necessarily call Republicans or wouldn't call conservative. They sort of people that like otherwise would have been on like, you know, those uh, MTV get out the vote. campaigns. Um, But, you know, have only recently started paying attention to politics by their own admission. Well, I don't know if that's fair. Let we can we can get into it. Let's start with this sort of like, I think the headline example from last week, right, was Ice Cube. Yes, so Ice Cube. Ice Cube ends up in this weird situation. I think he didn't tweet about it first. There was somebody from the Trump campaign. They were like, "Hey, we're un- we're unveiling what do they call it? The Platinum Plan." It's like the Trump campaign unveiling the Platinum Plan for Black America. The the contract with Black America, known well, as that, the Platinum. Well, Right, exactly. First of all, but the platinum plan is like a shorthand for it is uh, a choice. I mean, you know, it's. Can we just pause? We got it. We got it. Like before, before this, before we get our runaway momentum on this episode, we need to pause and talk about how the platinum plan sounds like. You know, Uncle Rush's rush cards, like for, <laughs> for like America. Like there's 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 definitely like. A low rent production infomercial running on network television right now where a guy wearing a, a fitted shirt and washed jeans and a fitted cap walks into a glass pane building to sort out his financial future. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a combination of that and like the... It's true. That's real, but it's like a combination of that. You sitting on the all you do is <laughs> you sit on the couch and smoke Strebo. <laughs> you know exactly which commercial I, I'm talking I about. I know, but it's <laughs> finish your education. <laughs> it's a combination of that and Herman Cain, the five five five. No, it's the nine 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 plan. <laughs> That's what it was. The nine 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 plan. Man. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. No, but let's. <laughs> So okay. Ice Cube, Ice Cube, Black Ice America, Platinum Trump plan. Campaign. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Platinum Plan was sort of like, here's the deal with it, right? It's like Trump campaign proposal. They name check Ice Cube. And everyone initially is like, wait, what? Like Trump doesn't like Ice Cube. He's tweeted about fuck Trump, whatever. And so it comes out that like Ice Cube has this document called Contract with Black America. And if you sort of look at it, you go to like this website he has set up for it. Um, it's a document. It's sort of like uh, it's got a lot of short, sweet proposals for stuff like banking reform, police reform, prison reform. Right. But it's super, super light. It's super. It's like some paragraphs. You know, it's several paragraphs. It doesn't. There's no graphs on the website. Even it's some it's it's very broad promises. I'm not saying that to front. I'm just saying it's no, 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 no. I, you know. You're saying it as a factual statement. There's not right. much there. Yeah. Right. And so I was reading this this write-up in, in like Politico or something, and they were talking about how like Ice Cube had been touting this contract with Black America for a while. And Jared Kushner at the White House reached out to him and basically took like this three-hour meeting with Ice Cube. And so this all culminates last week with the Trump campaign being like, we're working with Ice Cube. <laughs> right? And everyone's like, what the f- what are you talking about? Ice Cube? Fuck the police rapper Ice Cube. Like, what's going on here? People are mad, right? Like there's there's some. I mean, yeah, there is there is there is you know uh, the 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 morning thereafter a series of jokes about how we're not even going to be using ice cubes in our in our water anymore. Like you know, no, we're just going to be drinking room temperature water in this house. Kinds of jokes trickling all down the timeline. Um, you know, a lot of people questioning their attachment to. Straight out of Compton and calling into question, <laughs> like you know, his film of as you know a uh, affable stepdad. Sure, but it's also people. The main thing I thought of is obviously the line in No Vaseline where he, you know, Ice Cube drags Easy E for going to that one like fundraising dinner for George Bush in like nineteen, you know. 80. Oh, you're, yeah. Eight or whatever, um, yeah. or you know, what I mean, like nineteen. I mean, like probably. essentially, people have like this image of Ice Cube as being like, again, yes, the the fuck the police rapper, appetite to kill person, yeah, like yeah. wrote for NWA and also, according to legend, took a bat into Jerry Heller's office talking about I want my money, like you know, yeah, it's 
that kind of like take no prisoners i this situ i like the situation will be equal at all costs i don't care if i have to get in somebody's face about a type of character and people are like you met with trump yeah and, and just also like very explicitly pro black right like that's yes sort of, yes that's that yes. important element right um so like ice cube a lot of people obviously unhappy with ice cube and ice cube comes out like a, you know within 24 hours of all this stuff being announced and he's like to clarify both of the campaigns reached out to me by joe biden's campaign donald trump's campaign reached out to him and he said look the biden campaign was interested in talking about it, but they want to talk about it after the election. And Trump is the candidate who wanted to talk to me now. So I talked to him now. And it's not like I'm endorsing the guy. But, you know, between Trump and Biden, you know, the campaign that would take the meeting with the scary black rapper or the formerly scary black rapper was like, Trump. Again, he's, again, several children movies already out. I don't know yeah. that we can say scary anymore. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, yeah, is that yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's sort of yeah. like... It, Cube's sort of framing is that like, look, if you mad about the fact that, you know, Trump roped me into this, blame the Biden campaign because they didn't want to they didn't want to talk when the Trump campaign wanted to talk, basically, is what he's saying. Right. Right. Um, I'll read. Can I just read the statement from Cube about? All yes, this? please. Okay. Please. He said, I didn't I didn't run to go work for any campaign. Both campaigns contacted me. Both campaigns wanted to talk to me about the contract with black America. One campaign said. We love what you have, but let's really dig into it after the election. And one campaign said, we love what you have. Do you mind talking to us about it? And that's what I did. So I didn't run to nobody. So like, I don't really, I want to take that explanation actually at face value a little bit. Because I think it contains an important theme in like a lot of what we're going to talk about in this episode, which is a sort of... um. I would say kind of an agnosticism and this sort of distrust, right? The sort of, you know, both parties are bad. Both parties suck. You know, I'm not going to just sort of like, don't, don't, I'm not going to let the Democrat take me for granted. Right. That's a theme. And a lot of sort of like pro-black, you know, that's like a theme and a lot of pro-black political thinking, right? Is yeah, it's sort very of, like, what have you done for me lately? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why when I was looking at the backlash to Ice Cube with this, I kind of felt conflicted about it because I did kind of feel like people were, especially before it was even clear, like what had happened exactly when the only information about what was going on was coming from the Trump campaign. I was kind of like, oh, man, this is going to be like the Kanye shit all over again, where it's going to be sort of we're going to have to make this distinction between somebody who is trying to tell you that they're pro Trump. Versus somebody who's trying to express frustration with the fact that everyone is yelling at them and telling them to suck it up and be happy about like Joe Biden, even though Joe Biden's campaign wasn't, you know, the campaign that was like happiest to talk with Ice Cube. <laughs> sure. That's setting aside the separate question of like, man, why are these people happy to talk to Ice Cube? You know what I mean? It's like, what does Ice Cube have to do with anything, <laughs> man? Ice Cube? Why? I mean, what? but then again, you, you do know. It's like, it's it's social capital. Like, uh, and I mean, that is mainly what people's... I mean, like, that was people that were decrying the meeting or like him meeting with Jared Kushner and like would be something like, you know, well, they're just using your face and the picture that they're putting on yep. to gain, you know, to ingratiate themselves with their with, you know, uh, a slightly broader voter base or whatever. Like that's it's that was what people's main criticism was. Right. You being used as a prop. Um, and it's like tough too, right, because this is sort of the people forget this because certain factions certain overly familiar factions of the discourse as we'll call it sort of annexed the term woke right to mean some like new nigga shit for lack of a better word and there is a classic definition of woke right and the sort of cosmic brain that ice cube is doing you know when he says like fuck both parties or, you know, I'm, I'm my own person and I talked to whoever wanted to talk to me first. Like that, I, there's something that is tragic to me about it or is at least it's fascinating to me about it. Cause that's actually what like classical, like that, that to me is like more the classical definition of woke, right? Is this sense of like not wanting to get played by, by any sides of white politics. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. sort of, 
I mean, like it's almost Pyrrhonism. Like it's it's like extreme skepticism of everything and watching your money closely and not trusting any of these white folks, that kind of thing. It's like it's yeah. that is that was what you know woke was originally before it was taken to mean like you said some new nigga shit yeah and then, but even then it's sort of like ice cube does his own kind of political cosmic brain about trump and then people sort of meet him with their own sort of i would argue kind of classically woke cosmic brain of like nah man you're just being used as a prop you know what i mean it's like there's something about the escalation of this yeah. conflict <laughs> yeah it's um more than a little tautological, but it's, uh, you know, the natural sort of discussions that arise, like when you're getting around the topic of black conservatism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's what that is. Like black conservatism is, is like, you know, steeped in like skepticism of whiteness, which is aligned with, you know, the, the Republican establishment, like, uh trump and whatnot so that's why this this entire beating feels so ass backwards even so but it makes it also simultaneously makes perfect sense it does and then i think the other element of this that we will get into with the, the next few examples right is like there is this very particular panic about black men in the in terms of the upcoming election this sense that like trump on the low has actually sort of appeal to black men on some level over the years or like the idea that there is like some emerging wedge between like how black women plan to vote versus black men and that there there's a you know i think there is this weird floating suspicion that there's a surprising number or proportion of black men who are receptive to certain things about trump does that sound right to you at least as like a theory that i i feel like i see people espousing well, there's. Months. I feel that there's always some, like you know, some. I feel like what we're getting, what we're circling around, is that there's always some. This, there's a recurring confusion around black men being more than a little fine with voting for the Republican candidate uh, if the opposing candidate is a woman, or if they don't have like certain policies that adhere to. I don't know personal interests mostly. Yeah. We'll talk about that, though. We'll leave Ice Cube alone for a second. Let's talk about Killer Mike. Describe Riley Freeman in one word. Mm, I say real nigga. Real nigga is two words. I know it's two words, nigga. Real niggas don't follow instructions. This is Robert Freeman's other grandson, Riley. He's empowered by the prospect of a black president, but not in the way society would hope or expect. Oh, if my nigga Obama gets up in there, I'm gonna act a fool. I ain't doing no more homework, nothing. We taking over. Come on, what's the cop gonna do to me? I'm gonna be like, don't make me call the president, bitch. And the cops, he gonna be like, oh, snap. Riley a real nigga. The president's a real nigga. We can't do nothing. <laughs> I can't wait. So. Killer Mike. Uh, I guess we should start with who Killer Mike is. Killer Mike is Dungeon Family. Uh, you probably know him as the guy that was wearing overalls, lifting the car in the whole world video with Outcast, and later on, people know um, him from Netflix too. Come on, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, him kind us. of everywhere at yeah. this point because he also found, um. Uh, Second Life as a Rapper by joining up with LP, producer and also rapper from New York and they yeah. joined and made Run the Jewels. There have now been four Run the Jewels projects. I have not listened to three of them. <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't fuck with Run the Jewels? Actually, I I love most of those, those albums. I mean, it's it's just not like, I mean, I liked it. In th- but it was I like it's just I don't know it's something that is another one of those things that seems to like the internet was forcing on me what I mean that part is true you have extreme run the jewels energy is maybe why I say this but that's well funny. I know I I yeah. know that I have like listen I'm full of contradictions I contain okay. multitudes charity but okay. anyway his Twitter profile reads I'm a pan Africanist gangster rapper civic leader and activist um, yes. 
Right. So, wait, what are we talking about? Killer Mike again? Well, because Killer Mike, this is like a few weeks ago. It was a sort of like trial run of what happened with Ice Cube, right? Where it was like Killer Mike in Georgia, right? Uh, Killer Mike, you know, from Atlanta, Mm -hmm. met with the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp. And so Brian Kemp is a Republican. People sort of know who he is because of the, basically the very close race for Georgia governor a couple of years ago, him versus Stacey Abrams. Um, yeah, so Abrams was, uh, we were like the newest uh, establishment Democrat that we were hitching our hopes to and then like lost a very close, literally by less than two percentage points uh, election, uh, gubernatorial election in 2018 to Brian Kemp, who oversaw his own election. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's like the treasurer or the secretary of state. The secretary of state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secretary of state. Right. And actually, like the same thing is, uh, I mean, well, there's a already like sort of a, a repeat of 2018 happening because current secretary of state, Brad, Raffensperger launched an investigation into voter fraud, like literally weeks before early voting was supposed to start in Georgia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brian, Brian Kemp is just for a lot of people like on the progressive side, right? Like Brian Kemp is sort of an avatar for like voter suppression, basically. People mm-hmm. just think he's like an annoying Republican governor in a Southern state. And, you know, I think especially like during the coronavirus lockdowns, right? Like it was sort of like Kemp and Ron DeSantis down in Florida. They became sort of poster boys for the kind of, kind of goof, like goofily defiant, like we don't really want to shut down our Freddy, states. We like, need to reopen yeah. the barbershops ASAP. People get their fades. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, Friday, yeah, you put it that way. But Killer Mike took a meeting with Brian Kemp, right? And Brian Kemp's the governor of Georgia. Killer Mike, at this point in his career, you know, he has a show on Netflix called Trigger Warning that is him. Like, that's a show. That's a sh- that's like a political show, right? Like, that's that's him sort of going on tour in a weird way and talking about like pro black politics, right? And the way, you know, a lot of the framing on Netflix trigger warning is him being, is him sort of echoing what Ice Cube said last week. It's a sort of, all I care about is pro-black shit. I'll talk to whoever. I'm interested in ideas that are outside of the mainstream or outside of like, you know, black democratic normie politics. Like I'll talk to whoever, but I'm interested in talking about pro-black shit. So he takes this meeting with Brian Kemp in Georgia, right? And like... Killer Mike takes this meeting with Brian Kemp, right? He says, we discussed how small businesses in the music industry are weathering the pandemic, the value of our skilled trade workers, and our fight to end human trafficking in Georgia. That's what Kemp's office said. And like, that's another case, right? Where people people saw that announcement and they there's like the photo basically of Killer Mike in his, you know, his baggy t-shirt in the governor's office with Kemp and his wife. And his wife, yeah. And a lot of people reacted a kind of way to it. Can you describe like what the reaction was to that? Yeah, I mean, it was similar to the reaction he got uh, the, that last weekend in May when he got on television in a Kill Your Masters t-shirt and said, stop burning Atlanta down. Yeah. Um, where it was just kind of like, which I mean, like, you know, I've... I'm not so much pro looting as so much as I am. Like I would never, I would like to never discuss it again because I don't think that it's like a salient, that's the salient issue ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, it's just that like, it's, it's, it was like a very, again, another instance of the image that he projects as, you know, like run the jewels. When are you gonna, you know, unite and kill the police motherfuckers? Like, you know, all black anarchist character that you know he his that's his cultural cachet and then to be like very far apart in his actual real world politics or a, a noticeable distance apart in his real world politics is is probably the way that i put it you know i'm glad you put it like that because i think that the interesting thing about killer mike is he he's always struck me as kind of a a weird synthesis of 
anti-respectability politics and respectability politics like he has well, both strains in him right because it's like if you if 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 he doesn't have the the second part of his career and if he's not like writing with lp and like he doesn't kind of become this adult swim character yeah. i think that it would be i mean he would be a uh black christian southern conservative like which is i mean the thing that i was talking well, relative about relative conservative like Rel a, relative like black conservative yeah, yeah black conservative yeah which i mean is like there's a lot of different kinds of black like i mean and i don't know like i'm familiar with it <laughs> just because it's all over my family yeah yeah like, let's, see, let's talk about it we yeah, both can talk I mean, about like, it yeah. yeah it's it's just like you know i think that probably the idealized version of it is having, you know, wealth generating assets that people can't touch. And like, you know, that is so that you can pass it down to your children and they won't have to work so hard. And that's like the idea of black conservatism. Yeah. More or less, you know, there's also like a kind of out more out there version of it where it's just like, I want to have a big house and on a lot of land where I can see people coming from a long ways off. Yeah, that's the 50 cent version of it. Though. Yeah, yeah. That's the 50 cent version <laughs> yeah, of it. The, but the, the first version, though, is like the thing that I think is the more, more common like, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the more common thing. And I mean, like, really, what it is is that it, it, it coming, it's snapping into focus that while uh, Killer Mike can do pitchfork over under videos and, you know, like sell a lot of t shirts at Urban Outfitters and whatnot, he's still like a landlord and like, that was his his main defense when people came to when people were you know coming at his neck about meeting with Brian Kemp was just that like I was I'm a business owner I'm a, I'm a black business owner and I was checking up on my dollars at work you know that yeah. was his that was the primary before before like you know there was a lot of equivocating and talking about you people are just angry and you don't you need to have better issues and you need to read yeah. more <laughs> yeah it started with that's I'm also a black owner. conservatism that's also, that's also like, black yeah. conservatism yeah. it like he was just like i'm a business owner and i was checking up on my dot like you know checking up on trade contracts and whatnot which i mean yeah like he's not the burn it all down character that people kind of the, where they place him like in public imagination yeah and it was just like another instance that just like hey yeah that's actually who killer mike is yeah and i i also sort of saw implicit like when i was looking at just the photo even right of of killer mike in the office of brian kemp i think there is this tension a lot of the time in black thought of like as much as as much as like black people exist kind of on the margin of a lot of political decision making in the u.s right there's a degree to which you're always sort of weighing like how much you want to underscore your own alienation from the political system so when you see somebody like killer mike sort of being like i'm gonna go meet with the republican governor and make a whole sort of photo op about it part of that you you know i can understand the part of that that sees the photo and sees this nigga sell out. <laughs> but I also understand the person who looks at that and sees this is killer Mike trying to like ensure that he's not just like out on a limb, completely isolated from all formal political power in the United States where you know what, like Republicans exist and all the people in charge are white. You know what I mean? I think right, they, right, 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 right. I mean, like there is a, I mean, I understand like yes there is there's also I I get the part the, the 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 part of it that is like reaching across the aisle to work with people that are like you know think differently or whatever the hell that rosy thing is <laughs> I'm just saying like you know I like I like I also understand that but it's not it's it's just that like you know obviously there is a there is uh you know tactical value and like you know keeping those political channels open i get that 
but it's also just like a uh, the swag not matching the sweaters situation. Yeah, swag not matching the sweaters. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. like and that is, I think, why it infuriated people so. I I also think that like, it, look, I think a backlash like that happens to black rappers, even when they aren't necessarily like contrarian by trade. But I do think the fact that Killer Mike is a kind of half contrarian, half classically woke kind of guy is also the thing that enhanced what makes people feel a kind of way about it, right? Because it's sort of, there's this feeling now, right? Especially I'd say like post-Trump, right? Where certain things you only kind of do because low-key you want attention or you want people to look at you and go, oh, you're nuanced. You're a nuanced thinker. You have a renaissance oh, brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Um, and I think I think a lot of people read that into what someone like, especially like Killer Mike, like he has a show called Trigger Warning. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a kind of yeah. person. The kind of person who would name their show Trigger Warning. Like, that's a kind of person who want, who's like sort of holding a big flashing red light and saying, I'm a nuanced thinker, right? And it's kind of in an obnoxious way. It's just like, you know, that tweet where it's just, I guess, the man, the myth, the legend, and then it's just Garrett, you know? It's, it's very... <laughs> Cause I mean, yeah, that, like the it is very like like you're saying, um, you know, you're doing a bit semaphore almost, right? and spotlights yeah. and whatnot, say, signaling that you are like you know you have it's uh, the Ricky Gervais playbook, you know? Yeah, Ricky, yeah, right. Ricky Gervais is a good point of reference for it because, and it's not to say that there's anything wrong with actually being like. I don't know, an eclectic reader or somebody who ha who doesn't live in a bubble, as it were. But it's the difference between being somebody and needing to sh spray it all over signal everyone. It. Yeah, yeah, to signal like it's just it to, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just it's you are the the best way to consume problematic art and to you know read polemic books and have you know incendiary. <laughs> opinions that you didn't really think through is in private just like you know that's 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 really what like i that's that's yeah that's why we have a podcast right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <sighs> that's why we call it justice because it's just us that was from Av you'd know that because it was if you watched avatar instead of just like you know hating from outside the club because you can't get in Anyway, fuck you. I watched eight episodes. I'm gonna catch up. <laughs> if this man is so racist, why is he giving a hundred billion dollars to low income communities? He's so racist. If he's so racist, why he get, why he's the president that reopened back funding for HBCUs? So you're a hundred percent for Trump. 150,000 percent. Damn, all right, nigga. Yeah. Who would you be for, Obama? What did he do? I'll wait. You tell me one thing he did. Oh, but 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 he's racist. But yeah, he signed into law the jail reform law that freed over four thousand people. Ninety-seven percent were black. But he's racist, though. This is what racists do. This is the new era of racism. I need that racism. I like it. I like it. If that's racist, let me get more of that. Facts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty-five thousand miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray Strandom wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. Obviously, for like a lot of people, right? Kanye. Kanye is the person who comes to mind the most. When you talk about, you know, contrarian, conservative, black, celebrity, political, non-activists, the biggest shining example of that is Kanye. Post-Trump Kanye. Um, mm-hmm. Have we both written, by the way, about Kanye? Oh, like Kanye and Trump. Wow. For the I yeah. definitely I, have. I mean, like, I've... I. Yes, we have written uh, plenty. We've written plenty about Kanye. Yeah. I okay. Here's the thing though. Like Kanye, I think for a lot of people most represents this sort of concern about where black contrarianism gets you when you sort of take it to <laughs> some hyperactive conclusions. I've always frankly thought Kanye is the most sort of like vapid and misleading example of what we're talking about, though. We should end on talking about it because he's the most famous example. I but mean, I think he's, he's different. It's yeah, I, like well, it's it's. I think that he's kind of the most ever present and you know hottest burning, closest to your face example of it. But I think like the real er text of black political contrarianism amongst black celebrities is probably Bill Cosby. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's the cut, like it's the cut, like it's it is a. It, they are it, so far. We have talked about like the prongs of like Cosbyism. <laughs> so yeah, far. it's only problematic in this analysis because Cosby is also the kind of black sort of contrarian conservative who would hate all rappers. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're otherwise talking about rappers. Oh, pull up your pants. What the yeah, it's like it's he just spent his the latter years in the pop in the the public spotlight just reading my entire generation from filth. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, But if if we're limiting our analysis here to rappers, though, or we're turning back to rappers for a second, Mm -hmm. like Kanye is tough because people have all these theories. Oh, Kanye got Christian. Oh, Kanye started paying California real estate taxes. Oh, no. I'm going to tell you what happened with Kanye. This is the actual... I, this is what happened with Kanye. All the sort of interlopers to that conversation only started really caring once they could use Kanye to make political points. Whatever. What actually happened with Kanye was the fucking Taylor Swift VMAs. It was... I don't remember if you remember that it was basically like Obama got asked about it. Like, like uh, after the VMAs, Obama right. it was like that... You're right. Obama got asked about it in an off the record session and somebody from the session leaked what he said and he he called was Kanye vanity, an asshole. Was it Vanity Fair? It's always Vanity Fair. I can't remember, but it was audio that leaked of being <laughs> like somebody in, in the press corps asked Obama, what do you think about, and, you know, Chicago brethren, Obama, Kanye. Yeah. You know, they were supposed to like each other, and then Obama responds like, "Kanye's such an asshole." Yeah, and and then that was the end. Well, it was like it was the fact that like he called Kanye an asshole while also being in the era of dapping up Jay Z and and, and photo ops. Yep, and like and it was just more than Kanye could take. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like anybody who thinks it's like, oh, he had this political conversion, all this stuff. No, all that actually happened was. Kanye is a stan and he wanted to be BFFs with Obama and then Obama talked sideways about him and he never got you know, over it. There That's is, it. That's all that happened with Kanye. I, like there's a there's a fan conception around Kanye that like that is that is the fan Instagram account posting that one black and white grade school photo of him wearing like, you know, a fuck Nazis t-shirt and yeah. being like, I miss this Kanye. And it's yeah. just kind of like that was before he was in the public eye and probably like he saw that shit at Hot Topic and thought it was fire and just put it on. Like, it's yeah. not like it's that's really like like he's like 
he's an aesthetic. Like, how he likes the way things look and wants to be next to cool people. Well, yeah, the next to cool because that's the thing. It's like the thing that sort of I think Kanye would hit strike people one way if it was just oh he's Kanye and he's super popular, whatever. But it's the fact that his his starting point is the Katrina telethon and talking about Bush doesn't care about black people. The fact that he gets from there to you know, MAGA Kanye, I think is what sort of broke people's necks about it, right? But I'm telling you, it's yeah. all about Obama. He, he is like a weird case where there is no like pro-black, you know, all the stuff about like get black people off the Democrat plantation. All that shit is made up. It j- he back-rationalized all of that stuff from the fact that Obama won't be his friend. And so Trump will be his <laughs> friend. But anyway, that's my theory of Kanye. Uh. I will say this. I do think that like, even though Kanye is sort of this extreme behavioral like deviation from, you know, talking about somebody like 50 Cent or Ice Cube or Killer Mike, um, I do think he sort of gets at this central thing I think about a lot with celebrity activism, right? Which is like, how much of you meeting with Brian Kemp or Trump or whatever is about like substantially advancing a political cause versus how much of it is about a sort of just brand building. I guess I think about a lot of this stuff because I remember like the the backlash to Ice Cube, right? At the beginning of all this. It reminded me a lot of the backlash to Kanye and Kim when Kim went to the White House and took the photo with Trump, right? When they were talking about... um I think they were talking about, at that point, the First Step Act, and they were talking about Alice Marie Johnson, right? Like, Right. And at the time, like, I remember at the top of that, like, when that first, when that's sort of like Kanye, Kim, White House power couple phase started, I do remember it was easy to be like, what the fuck is this? Like, Well, yeah, yeah this- I mean, like, it was easy to, because, I mean, like, she's overturning, like, uh, like she's getting minor sentences commuted one at a time and he's showing like president president trump blueprints for a hydrogen powered airplane like i mean it was easy it was easy to crack jokes yeah yeah totally totally well i don't know do you feel any differently like now and with the benefit of retrospect right like do you feel any different differently like Alice Johnson got out of jail, like first step back passed, right? That's some sort of federal, that's federal sentencing reform, right? Like, do you feel any better about, or any different rather, do you feel any different about how, you know, we, in a collective sense, like knowing how that activism, that celebrity activism, and that sort of contrarian impulse on someone like Kanye's part played out? I one like I really do like go back and forth about whether the net good is worth all of this nonsense because it's just kind of like because the conversation is still the same. It's really the issue is that like we shouldn't have really been giving this any sort. It would have been better like in an ideal universe to not give this any kind of attention at all and for it to still happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, like the the Kanye the Alice Marie Johnson situation is such a perfect example of that, right? Because it's sort of like in the end, both things are true. Alice Marie Johnson was a prop, and yet, do you think she cares that she was a prop? Like she, she absolutely, was in, not. she absolutely was in not. prison on some bullshit, and yeah. she, for a long time, like she's a grown. Yeah, woman. I like it is absolutely like I am sure that like you know Alice Marie Johnson is indifferent to the context, and. I mean, I don't know. Indifferent. Yeah, I mean, she spoke at the RNC. She had like a primetime speaking slot at the Republican yeah. National Convention. But okay, I take enough. your point though. That like fair enough. I mean, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, like all else being equal, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, like if Obama had pardoned her, which she yeah. petitioned for, if Obama had pardoned her, you know, she would have. Yeah, you know. And, but to get back to the essential question of like, how much is this about getting attention for like, you know a cause versus for yourself. I mean, you can have your suspicions about it, but the truth of it is, is that you can't really, there's just a level of unknowability there because that's another person doing, you know, altruistic stuff who the, who really knows what their actual reasons are. You just know that it, you know, there's a lot of cameramen here and you're, you're dressed a certain way and you're doing, you're saying these things and uh, you also hold these contracts, so maybe that's why you said these things. 
And I mean, you also have the history of black conservatism, which is that it is like always been like the when the like the 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 building block of it is skepticism of whiteness and the way that certain political powers are allied with it. And like skepticism is all that you are like building on. And you have that to pair with your own personal interests. I'm sure that it ends up in a warp, a warp place every time. For sure. I think largely to that point, I mean, everyone is kind of, everyone in that echelon kind of is like 50 Cent. Like at least 50 Cent just has a more straightforward way of articulating that like, nah, I'm in the tax bracket where I got to start voting Republican now. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's like no, I mean, it, it is also, I think the larger thing that we're, that we like kind of haven't touched on yet is the fact that in like, okay. So the, the, the current, the current political situation in which we all find ourselves famous black people that were like, you know, progressive public figures that also were rich and landowners and all this other stuff kind of like didn't, appreciate that like this is gonna be broken down along racial and like class lines yeah 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 and that's what a lot of this is like a lot of like blinkered like cluelessness about why people could possibly be upset at them for protecting their own interests and also like that's the language that like all oh, you say, that's in. a euphemism though i mean you, specifically mad at them for talking to trump or, or mad, just, mad even talking to talking, talking jared kushner mad at them for talking to trump because they've all like you know they have professed to be one thing and always been another and on top of that people projected onto them for a really long time yeah, and like Cube, I mean, right, totally. And Cube is like maybe the worst defender there. Well, no, it's still Kanye because of Katrina and Bush doesn't care about black people. But it's true of Cube too, right? Cube is a guy who like, as recently as Trump being president, has said shit like, I could never vote for a motherfucker like Trump, you know? And I think, yeah, yeah it is that sense of like, I don't know, maybe maybe there's a certain echelon you reach where you are sort of, even as you say stuff like that, you aren't the person who means that anymore. But that said, I, I kind of feel like it maybe is a little too reductive to say, oh, all of Ice Cube's current politics can be explained entirely by the fact that he has more money than me. Because part of me thinks that like, no, it's young not Ice that. Cube was, was, not cos that. was cosmic brain you know, too. <laughs> it's, I mean? It is like, it is really... <laughs> It's an ontological state, like, because it's like you are, it's, it's just kind of like this thinking across the board is like the seed of it is that black people are behind and the way that we get ahead is by investing into ourselves and, you know, strengthening our families and, you know, like basically building the white picket fence reality for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I think that that like gets warped the further that you get into it, because once you have the, the white picket fence, then you want to protect it. And that leads you to do like really stuff that looks pretty funny in the light. Absolutely. I feel like all of this is right. I also, though, feel like I kind of on some level, right. I do kind of cherish that. I mean, I'm just, I'm black and I'm a contrarian. So on some level I do, even as somebody who's probably a bit more stridently progressive, certainly than like Cube or Kanye, right? Like I, I kind of do cherish that. Like I kind of, I don't, I really hate the rhetoric that someone like Kanye leans into right about like, we got to get black people off the plantation. I think it's genuinely the plant, like the reductive the Democrat and plantation of thought. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the Candace Owen shit. Like I think that is, really demeaning and reductive and dismissive that said i i do on some level value the idea that like man black people really aren't given enough credit for the diversity of thought that exists among black people and so whenever cube or killer mike or kanye does the kind of shit that they do i kind of want to gesture at them and be like yeah you i mean you guys think we're all just like 
you know, Biden voters or whatever, but like we have some truly that's you. Like that's that's you. They (laughs) too are they too are black America. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I don't necessarily rock with it, but like the next time, you know, anybody wants to talk to me about why are black people all Democrats? Like, have you seen these? Do you seen Killer Mike? (laughs) I you know what I mean? It's sort of like it's a thing that like I get why it can be frustrating. But to me, that's those kind of like weird black, pro-black contrarian archetypes like Killer Mike and Q. And and certainly, you know, the versions of them that exist in our families and are not the sort of multimillionaire yeah. versions of them. Like that is part of black politics. It's like a thing I like about talking to other black people about politics <laughs> is that I know yeah. that there are a lot of Killer Mikes out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there there are there are more killer bikes than you think. Yeah, there are there are. Um, I just hope they all vote, and not for like the libertarian or whatever <laughs> in November. <laughs> we talked about politics, shit. Damn. Wow. Yeah, we did. Uh, you know, we've been asking listeners. We've had like great listener email each week so far at soundonlypod at gmail.com. Uh, we certainly don't want you all to send us your contracts with Black America or whatever. Please don't do that. It's two yeah, weeks please, before this please election. Now. Please don't. Please. We, we did just two more weeks. It's two more weeks, three more weeks. I don't even know. Just don't subject us to that. Email us, though. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. What should people email us about, Micah? Uh, I think that people should email us. They should email about, you about Lovecraft Country because you seem really disrespectful <laughs> yeah, so, and unhappy. Please. Yeah, you know what? E- yeah. Email me about Lovecraft Country. Give me your thoughts about the season finale so that I can unpack them in chronological and or alphabetic order. You know, I did watch the finale shortly before we got on to record this podcast. Um, and I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast. We, we can talk about it on email, though, if you yeah, go to sound. Email Micah. Yeah. You know, let's talk about Lovecraft Country. Yeah, it's clear from reading you on the website that you feel a kind of way about this show. <laughs> I'm just, okay, listen. You know what? Actually, I'd like to reframe this a little bit, which is that we are leaving the window to t- open to talk about Lovecraft Country until we record the next episode. Yeah. In the go. sound only pod uh at gmail.com email address because after that i really don't want to talk about it again <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh we'll be back next week i'm justin charity and i'm micah peters see y'all later <laughs>